What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Fortress of Comicude podcast. My name is Tyler. I'm Mary. I'm McCord. No Kylie this week. Boohoo. He has been unfortunately lost to the Dark Dimension. Uh, <laughs> Doctor Strange has went to Dormammu to bargain for his soul, but we will we will be back with you next week to see if we can gain his 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 consciousness back. But at this point in time, it's just the three of us this week. And this is a creator-focused episode, which is a show we do once a month where we pull a random, co- random comic creator's name out of a bucket, and we're going to talk about him for a while. And Mary, who are we talking about this month? Gail Simone. Gail Simone. Uh, at the end of this episode, we will be pulling the name for next month's comic creator. I Has it been a month? I love Gail Simone so much. Gail Simone. I have called Gail Simone the queen of comics for a long time, and I think that's like more than fair. Also, queen of Twitter. Oh, I mean, Gail Simone. <laughs> King of Twitter. Like, yeah, just ruler. Like, it's, it's, yeah. like, like there's nothing yeah. sexist about it. It's just, right. it's just ruler like, of Twitter. O- overlord. Yeah. Overlord seriously. of Twitter. Um, I, feel, I feel bad saying this because I think I say it in every creator focus episode where I'm like, oh, yeah, they're a must follow on Twitter. But like, Gail Simone is the, like, like if you're going to create a Twitter account, that's like the first, the first page you go to like, unless you're a cyclops fan yeah she trolls cyclops fans quite a bit it's true <laughs> but i does. also laugh at that because she it's trolls funny. a lot of people <laughs> but like she does so much for the industry though regardless of anything as far as like her writing and putting books out there as far as like she has all these threads on twitter educating people about how the industry works or like getting people involved creatively and so like she's just uh, she's a gift man she's also like the industry's biggest cheerleader too she like is. no matter what anybody is working on she will support them 110 percent. it's really it's really cool to see and she certainly you know by no means was was the first you know prominent woman working in comics by any means but i do give gail simone a lot of credit for kind of like creating the influx of of female creators that we had because I feel like she kind of broke through a barrier of this kind of good old boys club that they had where it's like, if you don't have Gail Simone, I don't know if you get Kelly Sue DeConics and Kelly Thompson's and people like that. Um, like I said, she wasn't the I first. Like all but, those people. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, and like I said, I don't think she was, she's definitely not the first, but she was one of the first ones, I think, to really rise to a prominence and wore her gender on her sleeve she never you know what i mean yeah never shied away from i'm a woman and i'm gonna prioritize you know i don't necessarily want to say women's issues or anything like that but she she wrote like a woman and she wrote from the point of view of a woman which was something that we didn't see in comics a lot and i think that's part of the reason people like to her because like oh this is a different voice that we haven't really seen before yeah um sure she's amazing man yeah uh I don't think Queen of Comics is even really debatable. I, I think she gets a crown like hands down. I've also heard she's a ginormous, like genuinely nice human being, like just overwhelmingly nice. She seems she seems to be. I mean, I'd love to meet her someday. <sighs> I would too. She's very very gracious on Twitter too. Usually she will respond to you if you ask her questions, and which is saying something because I know she gets tweeted at a lot. Yeah. So she must have some. She must dedicate time to the fan base which is actually really cool uh today yeah well i i tweeted about how much i liked the book that i'm going to talk about later and she she was very gracious in telling me thank you very much which is cool like like 
it almost instantly too like within like a couple minutes like oh gail simone retweeted and quoted your tweet i was like bah, bah. <laughs> I, I love when that happens fred van lenty liked one of my tweets the other day and it made me very happy <laughs> like a like and a retweet always feels nice when you get like the mention or the or the quote when they like it's like they took the time to type something out in a response to you it's like oh my dash i had a response from ming na the other like three weeks ago and ming ming na ming from not no not the ming you're thinking of no uh agent may from shield oh also the original voice of mulan oh okay but but i mean when that happens like I'm still getting notifications of people liking that and mm-hmm. retweeting it and stuff so, because she did. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, so it's, I mean, it's important when these people who have lots and lots of followers do that and it's really cool when they do. And yeah, Gail Simone's one of the best. And she's been doing it for a long time. Um, I don't know. I mean, Mary's going to get kind of into the history that the, these shows are basically divided into two parts. Mary's going to give us a, a history of section where she's going to go over Gail Simone's career kind of as a whole. And, and we'll, and we'll kind of jump in and talk about different yes. talking points, but go over different books. She's worked on some awards and, you know, achievements that she's gained along the way. The second part of the show is what we call book reports where we have chosen uh, a piece of Gail Simone's work that we're going to talk about. And so that'll, we'll get to the stuff I was mentioning earlier later on in the show. But, um, Gail Simone's been doing it for a long, long time. I'm sure Mary has the year, but uh, she's she's one In of the, the 1990s. few. Yeah, and she's one, but I mean, she's like consistently putting out content still. Yeah. Like, like there's lots of people that have been around forever. If you look at someone like a Marv Wolfman or somebody, or whatever, like that does things, but like goes away for a while and then comes back or whatever. Like Gail Simone's never really stopped. Like. She she's just consistently for 20 years put out content. There's not a lot of people I think I can say that about. That's that's pretty pretty insane. You know, cuz even people like Grant Morrison or somebody they like kind of go away for a little while and then it's a big deal when they come back. So Mary, please please tell us about the history of of the Queen of Comics hashtag the Queen of Comics Gail Simone. <laughs> Gail Simone was born July 29th, 1974 in right. Oregon. She... I don't have the city. <laughs> Why is there so many comic people from Oregon? So many so live many. in Oregon. <laughs> so specifically many. Portland. Like yeah. Specifically Portland. There's something in the water over there. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, it's true. I, yeah. And maybe it's because they like meet each other along the way and then they all decide they want to live by each other. I have no idea. But there's <laughs> so many comic creators in Portland. I was just thinking if Gail Simone's the queen of comics, I mean, Stan Lee would have to be king then, right? That's where her throne is. Yeah. <laughs> like if you were asking who's the king, it'd have to be Stan Lee, right? Well, right Lee, now, Stanley or just or, or Kirby, it'd have to be one of the two of all time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we don't have to get, I guess, too much into it. It's just like, oh, who's the other side? I never really thought about that before. Yeah, probably Stanley. Occupations: I have writer and critic. <laughs> yeah, you can say that. And Twitter <laughs> master, extraordinary, yeah. Twitter master, <laughs> Twitter overlord. <laughs> Uh, and and professional <laughs> comic skater troll. <laughs> and Cyclops troll. <laughs> that one I take personal offense to. Yeah, you like Cyclops. I do. I love Cyclops. She also pun- er, trolls Frank Castle a lot, <laughs> which is great. I don't know who that is. Oh, my God. I'm the laughing, Punisher. but I don't know who that is. The Punisher. The Punisher. <laughs> okay. Good God, Mary. <laughs> I don't know. Why are you on this podcast? I don't know. <laughs> She's the only one that knows how to operate <laughs> the technology. It's true. It's true. She's the smartest one of us all. We can't make fun of her. 
uh, notable works I have Birds of Prey, Secret Six, Welcome to Tranquility, Wonder Woman, Red Sonia, and Batgirl. And Domino. You like Domino? <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, it wasn't a notable work, but you like it, so. Well, uh, she ran 12 issues on Domino and then got 12 issues of Hot Shots, so. Uh, I don't know what that means. I think I think just like the other ones were like Domino. long. They were like long, <laughs> sustained runs and stuff. Like her Batgirl run was forever. So long. And Birds of Prey she did for a long time. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, she's done countless miniseries and stuff like that as well, but. She did a she did a, a Conan meets Wonder Woman miniseries like a year <laughs> or two ago that I didn't buy, but I'm like that looks kind of interesting. Um, awards. I'm surprised that I didn't find more awards, so there may be more. Um, but 2009, she was inducted into the Friends of Lulu's Female Comic Creators Hall of Fame. Unfortunately, there is a very vast discrepancy between uh, male creators and female creators mm-hmm. as far as the awards go. Mm. So you're probably not going to find a lot of awards, which yeah. is unfortunate. One day there, it. one day there will be a female comic creator award just named the Gail Simone Award. The Gail Simone Award. I'm yes. Not, I'm not kidding. I bet you. And we they should, will, We should make one. They. They probably. I bet you there will be one day. Why don't we? Why don't we do it? We should why start yes. it. Why don't, we, why don't we start it? We should Let's make it. Do it. We should. And they'll be big. That'd be awesome. It'll start out <laughs> small and it'll gradually become more and more you prestigious. Know. It'll be amazing. If Eisner yes. gets an award, Gail Simone gets an award. It's only fair. What would our award be called? Uh, we'll think of it. Okay, we'll think of it. Okay. The Fock Awards, the FOC Awards. Oh my awards. gosh. <laughs> it's not inappropriate. It's an acronym. <laughs> uh, 2010 and 2012, uh, she was nominated. Huh? Including the annual. So oh, 10 okay. issues in the annual. Oh. Okay. Ah. 2010 and 2012, Simone was nominated for a Glad Media Award for Outstanding Comic Book through her work on Secret Six. Secret Six is amazing. <laughs> what is Secret Six? Secret Six is a and series. Hot Shots that, was only four issues. Secret Six is a series that she wrote about kind of this ragtag team. Suicide Squad, the, the modern incarnation that we know now of the Suicide Squad, ripped off a lot of Gail Simone's Secret Six series. It's basically this this group of, of bad people. Uh, 2014, Simone was awarded the first ever True Believers Comic Award for Role of Honor Comic Excellence at London Film and Comic Con. Does she not have an Eisner Award? I did. No, I, I there that's, might there might only be one, and it might insane. be Marjorie Liu. I mean, Marjorie Liu deserves it, but Gail Simone doesn't have an Eisner Award. No, I. In fact, I think I. I truly think that maybe only one female. Has I'm a, has genuinely a shocked about that. Actually, yeah. like, I'm not. That like actually kind of enrages me. <laughs> okay, <laughs> go on. Uh, characters created. Um, for some reason, I have Agent X twice on here. So just so you know, because she I created have it twice. Him twice. A- Agent X. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Black Alice, Secret Six. The Dwarf Star, Genocide, Jeanette, The Silk Brothers, Nightfall, Mr. Terrible, Outlaw, Ventriloquist, Parademon, Queen of Fables, Ragdoll, and Elisa Yao. And Ragdoll? Do you have anything in your notes about fridging? I don't know what that is. Okay, then I'm going to take that as a no. So... Gail Simone is something worth bringing up because that's a that's a term. I don't know. You never heard the term fridging before? No. Okay. So Gail Simone, to, I, I, maybe I should let McCord, because McCord's a writer. He probably can explain this a little bit better. Is which? Uh, d- d- define what you would, fridging. 
because that, that's a term that Gail Simone coined that you know a lot of people use now it's like a it's it's a lazy writing that sometimes people use when they kind of compromise female characters in order to motivate a male character. Bridging? Yeah. yeah. I got that, actually. I do. I just didn't uh, know there was a term. Yeah. So, career. Okay. Got to start in the 1990s. Yep. So, she first came to everyone's attention through Women in Refrigerators, okay, a website yep. founded in 1999. In response to Green Lantern number 54, where Kyle Rayner's girlfriend, Alexandra DeWitt, was murdered and put into a refrigerator. Very famous page. Um, For all the wrong reasons. <laughs> it was dedicated to identifying female superheroes who had been killed, raped, or otherwise suffered traumatic indignities Indignities as a plot device for male characters. So now you may talk about Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's, it's, that's something that goes way beyond comics, obviously. It's something that we see all the time. And, you know, I... When, when you try to bring stuff like this up, people want to accuse you of, like, I don't know, trying to politicize or shove some kind of agenda or whatever. But it is something that you see quite a bit. And I know McCord's a writer, and I know he's not a lazy writer. And I, oh, I, I, I consider that to <laughs> I consider that to be very lazy writing when it's like let's let's treat this female character very very badly and make something happen to her that way the male protagonist can use that as a motivation to get to where he's supposed to go or whatever and it's it's something that happens a lot um and i know even gail simone was one of the people that was talking about what they they did that in deadpool too you know they kill her so early in the movie to basically that's his plot of the movie right and it's like just i don't know there's not a lot of respect for female characters and i think we're getting better but a lot of times it's like a female character is just a part of the male character's story and they're treated as such. And that's changing. But Gail Simone was one of the ones that coined that term. So like that's a term people use in writing rooms now, like, oh, she was fridged or whatever. Or they'll say the woman in yeah. the refrigerator. Yeah. So I still can't believe I couldn't say indignities. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Mary, how do you feel about that? You're the you're the woman at the table, like is that is that something that you had ever really noticed before or I don't know what's your opinion on it. Um not I don't know. I don't know if I actually ever noticed it. Okay. Um but I can see it and I mean I can I can tell when they were lazy cuz there were one like things that I've read and I'm like like why 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 did this happen? Yeah. And I just I didn't understand it, I guess. There's um, times when it works really really well and there's times when it really just comes off as lazy, you know? Because there are times, I mean, even like a good example of this is like the Flash, and like I think the Flash works really well. Like that example, like it does add to the story, but you also can't help but feel like it comes from the idea of like, wouldn't it be cool if they murdered Barry Allen's mom? And it's like, yeah, but why? Like, because he'd be so sad. It's like, well, yeah, but yeah, because he'd be so sad. Wouldn't that be so sad? It's like you're gonna just murder this character in order to make somebody, you know? It just. And again, that's one of the ones that I think is one of the, it's one of the better times that that's used, but it's still just like it comes from a place of like, oh, okay, then I guess we'll do that. That way, this person can be motivated to go pursue being a CSI and other things. It's yeah, but kill, but killing of loved ones, I mean, is a is a very strong motivator in and of itself, for sure. Yeah. Um, it's just not very evened out, is all. 
It's not right. it's not done nearly as much to male characters as it is to female characters, which yeah. is where the That's problem true. comes yeah, from. That's true, yeah. It's definitely not even. So, especially when you talk, start talking about like rape and things, there's a lot of times where like oh, yeah. women are sexually assaulted and raped in media, all forms of media, to further a plot. Killing Joke is another good one. Yeah. You know, Barbara Gordon is shot in the back and then stripped naked to as a plot device. I love how they book. fixed that in New 52. I can walk again. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> magic. Guess I better go patrol. <laughs> Thanks, Gil. <laughs> Thanks, Gil Small. Yeah. Doctor right? Just like, eh. I lo- you know, I, I kind of love it when writers do that, when they like half acknowledge that something happened and they're like, and we're back. <laughs> the New 52 was so weird, too, because nobody really knew, like, can we reference things? Can we not? Right. It, everything was because like, because Jeff, someone like Jeff Johns was like really adamant, like, no, my stuff happened. Like, if you guys think that I am starting over with Green Lantern at this point, no. no. So, like, even at the beginning of New 52, like, he's referencing Blackest Night and he's referencing the Sinestro Core War or whatever. He's like, screw you guys. My stuff happened. You guys can go ahead and start over on yours. And but, Damien's older than Bruce. Yeah. And then it, but it <laughs> just, there was a weird timeline. It just, it Except. gets weird. And even They're like, not older than Dick, I think. You know, and like even Scott Snyder said when he was writing Batman the New Fifty Two, he said, "I never really referenced anything, but in my mind when I wrote it, I wrote it as if it all happened. I right. never, I never wrote it as if I'm starting over on Batman. I was just right because he said when he pitched the story for Court of Owls, this has nothing to do with Gail Simone anymore, but no, he, but it's when, the Court of Owls. But when, so you when, can talk but about when it. he pitched Court of Owls, he was just that was his pitch on Batman. And when they gave it to him, he's like, cool. And then they told him, oh, by the way." we're doing this line-wide reboot and it's going to be an issue number one. So like he didn't pitch that to like, oh, this is what we can kickstart the new Batman line on. That was supposed to just be the next story. Right. That's why it fits in anywhere, you know? Yeah. Anyways, go on. Simone worked for Bongo Comics and she made many of their comics based on The Simpsons. Her contributions included uh, stories for Simpsons Comics, the annual Treehouse of Horror special, and regular scripts for Bart Simpson Comics. Which that comic line like just ended too, like in the last year or two. I remember that was like a big story. It was like one of the like the longest running like uh, licensed comics that that Bongo Simpsons run. Just and wait till that show ends. <laughs> it will never. Will it? <laughs> it will never die. <laughs> I think they're keeping that running because they're scared because they know they can't end it in a way that would make anybody happy. No, it would never. Like no. what the hell do you do after thirty years? <laughs> There's no finale you can write that will please anybody at that point. Still waiting for Futurama to come back. Uh, 2000. <laughs> Futurama had a perfect ending. Just leave it be. But I want more. <laughs> but I want more. But I, I need more Bender. I need more Zoidberg. That's fair. Yes. And the professor. Um, so in the 2000s, uh, Simone entered the comics mainstream with Marvel Comics Deadpool. Uh, yeah, she crushed that too. She yeah. totally redefined that character completely. Yeah. I, I wouldn't know. <laughs> well, that's why McCord's going to tell you. That's why McCord's <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, going to look it up to make sure that my facts are straight, but I'm I'm pretty sure that she's, well, she's Deadpool the one was that canceled. Deadpool and then Deadpool. relaunched as Agent X. Okay. She continued <laughs> as the writer, but then yeah. left the series after conflicts with the series editor. That's that that makes sense. You know, like comics. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. I'm I'm I'm, look, I'm looking up something here. Okay. For it. But I'm I'm pretty sure. Um, after her dispute, Simone moved to DC Comics, where she was given Birds of Prey in 2003. Is there a better book for 
someone like her to write, you know, just this, yeah. I mean like just this awesome kick-ass team of strong female characters, you know what I mean? Oracle, Black Canary, the Huntress, and Lady Blackhawk. Oh, love it. Uh, and then she took over Action Comics after Chuck Austin and John, with, sorry, with John Byron, penciling. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think she's the one that made Deadpool crazy. She made Deadpool crazy. Yeah. Oh. Like the the schizophrenia stuff. Uh-huh. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm I'm looking that up right now, but I'm I'm pretty sure that that's what happened because before he was just like a like a straight up mercenary. Mm. Right. I mean, he was basically Deathstroke. Yeah. Um, and and came in and uh, I think it might have even been during Agent X um, when they were trying to convince everybody that Agent X was a completely different hero. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm I am I am pretty sure that she's the one that. um started introducing started introducing the concept that this guy was insane and that mm-hmm. that's kind of what makes Deadpool Deadpool now the Deadpool that you like now is that one yeah yeah and I'm pretty sure Gelson cool. started that and I'm I'm trying to verify that I know Joe Kelly okay. did a lot of that stuff in his run as well I know Joe Kelly introduced a lot of the like comedic stuff of Deadpool a lot of not like the like I, I don't know if he started the fourth wall breaking stuff, but I know he he did a lot of that. Mm. So, uh, two thousand five villains united, the yeah. two thousand five villains united limited series, which was part of the Infinite Crisis crossover. Uh, she revitalized the Catman character. I don't know who Catman is. Catman. Catman. Yeah. You don't know who Catman is? No. Is no. Fairy Odd Parents? Yes. Really. Well, he he looks exactly like that, yeah. Oh, <laughs> is that, is that it's the not Marvel? the same character. It's not Adam West, but it's DC. It was oh. DC, yeah. Um, she wrote a two-issue story arc that focused on the new Hawk and Dove for the Thirteen Titans series with Rob Liefeld. Um, people really like uh, Simone was enthusiastic, but the fandom was did not uh, did not care for Liefeld. Oh yeah, Rob Liefeld's Hawk and Dove. Pass on that yeah. one, guys. Yeah, that was. That was in the New Fifty Two. Mm, it says two thousand five. Oh, I don't know. Did he? Did he do one in two thousand five too? Yeah, I really people don't really know. hated his Hawk and Dove in the New Fifty Two. I just I have two thousand five. So has anybody like really loved Hawk and Dove ever? I mean, I like Hawk and Dove in the Titan show. <laughs> like, not loved. Like not does, loved. No, I like, like Hawk and Dove in supporting roles. I don't need them to have their own book. I like the characters. I think Hawk and Dove are good characters. I just don't think they're strong enough to carry their own book. Uh, 2005, Simone wrote Villains United Limited series spinoff entitled Secret Six, which led to an ongoing series. Oh, Secret Six. <laughs> Did you read Secret Six? I've read at least the first two or three volumes of Secret Six. There's- Is Secret Six like Secret Seven? No. Oh. I mean, by the fact that they both have the word secret in them, sure. <laughs> Just, I don't know. Um, other than that, no. Debuted in September 2008 and finished with... Okay, so Secret Six started in 2008 and finished with the series when they were starting the new 52 in uh, 2011. So now we're going into the 2010s. Up until the... Yeah, up until the new 52, I think it's when it ended. 
Okay, so you're right. Joe Kelly was the one that made him funny, at least. And then Gail Simone took over when basically he was almost being canceled. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, to try and save it because they were go- they were going away from the funny. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Gail Simone said, at least in the Sci-Fi Wire... Uh, article sci-fi wires are pretty good joe joe casada asked her to pitch uh she was brand new to the industry and he only gave her one instruction he wanted deadpool to be laugh out loud funny again that was it Hmm. i hadn't really read the character at all and she said that her approach was right the ship by making the waters a lot more choppy um every issue should be a roller coaster she wants you to have that moment of unexpected drama and beauty and reflection, followed by what moment? By that moment where you have nervous laughter and maybe a few points along the way where you feel like puking just a little bit. It can't be all cream pies in the face. That's literally my least favorite way to use the character. But yeah, so so I mean, she basically, Joe. So Joe Kelly um, pushed him into the spotlight when he made him funny. And then when he was dying and they were getting away from that, they brought Gail Simone to come back in and save him. Mm. And since then, that was like in the early 2000s when yeah. Gail Simone took over. Mm-hmm. And now since then, he's become one of the most popular comic book characters. Because yeah. Joe Kelly did of, the, the Cable and Deadpool of, series. Of this century. Yeah. Right? Okay. So like, and, and so she kind of righted that ship um, with Deadpool and Agent X. So I have some other things that she worked on. I don't really know... Uh, when exactly we got killer princesses and then she worked on action comics 827 to 831 and then 833 to 835 and that's collected as superman strange attractors mm-hmm. if anybody wants to look for that rose and thorn uh she also wrote an adam series that was based on ideas from grant morrison uh she worked on a gen 13 series mm-hmm. do you know anything about that no, I just... I you know, just know it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, she did a creator-owned... Oh, a creator-owned project about a retirement community of superheroes. Welcome to Tranquility for the company Wildstorm. I've and heard did, that's really good. You didn't read that one. No, okay. I've oh, heard that's really good. What was, what was the one you read? Crosswind. Crosswind. Gotcha. Yeah, I wanted to look at uh, Welcome to Tranquility. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. Um, so Simone also contributed to Toriyamos's, uh, comic book tattoo. Uh, this was a Eisner Award and Harvey Award winning anthology graphic novel made up of 50 stories that were based on, um, songs that Toriyamos wrote and that was published by Image Comics. Um, and then... 2007, DC announced that Simone would be the regular writer for a third volume of Wonder Woman, and she is noted for being Wonder Woman's longest-running female writer. Which is, like, great, but, like, honestly sounds a little more glorious than it is because, like, you would think Wonder Woman would have, like, this long list of female writers, but there really isn't that many. So, like, it's great that Gail Simone has that title, but she's not really competing with that many people, as sad as it is to say. So, you know how that goes. 
Um, so now we're getting into the 2010s, uh, where she is now riding Birds of Prey. Again. Mm-hmm. Under the, the Brightest Day banner. Oh, okay. So, this so is just pre, pre-New 52, yeah. Yeah. Um, I liked Brightest Day Green Arrow. Brightest Day is That's is like the good. only thing I read. <laughs> oh, Brightest <laughs> Day read is the pretty Green good. Stuff, I think. Green Arrow had a really cool character that they introduced and they never brought back after that. And I was after New 52, I was kind of upset by that. What was the character? Uh, Gideon. Gideon? Yeah. Like the little cat from Pinocchio? Let's see. Uh, was it G- Galahad? Galahad. Oh, Gideon. Pe- it was Galahad. Oh, Galahad. Okay. From the from the round table. And oh. the whole and the oh. whole time. So there was like uh Arthur Curry was like living in the forest, like freaking Robin Hood, and this guy named Galahad shows up with a sword and he thinks he's a knight of the round table, and you don't know if he's crazy or time displaced. <laughs> and he's like, Well, He's useful, so <laughs> so you've got a knight of the round table, supposedly. Wait, it was Aquaman or Green Arrow? Green Arrow. Okay, because you said Arthur Curry. Uh, I, Oliver I, Queen. Oliver Queen. Okay, I, I, was, I was confused for that. I was like, wait a minute, hold on. The other blonde one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Oliver, Oliver Queen. Yeah. Uh, the other blonde guy that sometimes has a beard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they were just running around the forest, and one dude with a sword and one guy with a bow and arrow. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. Uh, 2011, she was announced to be working on a revamped Firestorm series. 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 Wow. Series. Wow. Love that uh, series. Because I was reading series and starring at like the same time. So, series starring Ronnie Raymond and Jason Rush. Rush? I don't know how to say that. R-U-S-C-H. I would say Rush. Rush? Rush? Yeah, I don't know. I would still say Rush. Uh, and then also in 2011... Simone contributed to Power Within, a Kickstarter-funded comic book that focuses on teen bullying. Uh, And then with The New 52, Simone wrote the new Batgirl title, starring Barbara Gordon. Yes. This is where... In her best costume ever, come fight me, trolls. I don't care. No, I agree. Okay. (laughs) The purple armor? There's some people that hate that costume. The New 52 Batgirl? the, the, The Burnside costume, yeah. It's beautiful. The, yeah, the, the purple Burnside costume from the New 52. Love that Batgirl why costume. They, why don't they like it? There, there's people that hate it. I don't it's know. Cause it's, it's because it's different. So but that's like her look. When I think of Batgirl now, I think of that costume. Yes, I it's love a great costume. Look. Simone introduced a character named Elisa Yao, who was later revealed to be transgender. The first major transgender character written in a contemporary context in the mainstream comic book. Bum, bum, bum. Yes, I wanted to get there. <laughs> These are why the comic skater trolls hate Gail Simone. Well, they can go ahead and hate. Yeah, that's true. Like I, like I care, but... Neither does she. <laughs> <laughs> she is my ruler. I think she actually does care in a good way. Like, I think she yeah, enjoys yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. Um, 2012, various press reports reported rumors that her exclusive deal with DC was coming to an end and that she was going to be leaving Batgirl and possibly DC. Uh... Then Simone revealed that her departure was not voluntary and that she had been fired from Batgirl. Yep. Um, the pres- by the editor. Uh, and then in like in the same month, because it was December 9th and then December twenty first, Simone was back riding Batgirl. <laughs> do, do do you remember this? No. I, I remember this. I don't remember this because um, I wasn't reading Batgirl. Okay. I wasn't reading Batgirl either, but I 
Th- yeah, this was a- okay. Again, Gail Simone, right? This is 2012, 2013. This is by the time Twitter is very prominent. We've already established Gail Simone's Twitter presence is like second to none. Yeah. When when people found out that she got fired from DC, <laughs> I, I can only imagine An like uproar. the wave of tweets. Is that and emails. smoke from Warner Brothers? <laughs> got, yeah. Is there a fire? Needless to say, they righted that wrong pretty quick. But Gail Simone was like pretty burned, I think, on that because she did end up leaving DC shortly after that. But good. Thankfully but, for me. Yeah. Thankfully for McCord. But like, how dumb can you fire Gail Simone? <laughs> Funny thing, I don't have anything for Marvel. Really. So you're going to have to talk about that. Um, was it before 2013? No. It's, no. No, it's like it just ended. It's been. Oh, okay. I don't have anything about that. <laughs> like, it's been. Last it's just I go month. to. I go to. Two four. Uh, 2014, 2015. Anyways, 2013, DC announced The Movement, a series by Simone and artist Freddie Williams II, uh, which Simone calls a book of power. Who owns it? Who uses it? Who suffers from its abuse? It focuses, it focused on a, t- on a group of teenagers known as The Movement or Channel M who use their superpowers to fight the corruption in Coral City. Dude, how good is, is Freddie Williams? I don't know. How good is he? Very good. What have I read that he's stuff? Batman Turtles. Batman Turtles. Oh, yeah. No, he he good. drew. He didn't write it. He drew it. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. Okay. I know he's yeah. a writer. He al- he also did. Uh, I mean, not a writer. He-Man. Artist. I meant artist. He Man Thundercats. Yeah. Huh? And he he did He Man and Justice too, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, I still haven't read that yet. We I also ha- I have the hardcover. But we I also met him it. in Vegas last year, and he was a very nice man. Uh, Simone began writing an ongoing Red Sonia series for Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Which she did for a while too. She did like Red Sonia meets Tarzan and all kinds of other shit. <laughs> Speaking of Twitter, uh, she was listed. Let's see, Simone was listed first on IGN's list of best tweeters in comics for the enthusiasm and thoughtfulness of her Twitter posts. Told you, dude. If, <laughs> if you get nominated in that and you see you're up against Gail Simone, do you just like drop out? <laughs> like it's like I would vote for her. Yeah, <laughs> like I wouldn't even vote for myself. Why even that have point? that award? Like just, just give it give to it her to every her. single year. Uh, then 2014, 2002, 2015, Simone wrote. Simone wrote the Laura Croft series Tomb Raider for Dark Horse, uh, and the series was set in the continuity of the 2013 video game reboot that takes place between the game and its sequel, Rise of the Tomb Raider. And then I have other bonus stuff. I like bonus stuff. Bonus, bonus stuff. Uh, She worked on a Justice League Unlimited episode, Double Date, which features Question Huntress. Green Arrow and Black Canary. Oh, man, I almost murdered her name. Uh, in a romantic adventure tinged with revenge and jealousy. I feel like I remember that. But it's not coming to mind. It, it, it's a pretty pretty famous episode. Not famous. It, it's a pretty well-remembered episode. Mm-hmm. If you saw it the second you saw it, you're like, oh, I yeah, think I know what episode it is, and I think that's when I really fell in love with the question. Because uh, I love the question. Uh, she wrote a 2010 episode of Batman the Brave and the Bold titled The Mask of Matches Malone, which yeah. features Black Canary Huntress from the Birds of Prey as they try to remind Matches Malone that he is Batman. Who, who would have thought that, <laughs> that Gail Simone has a thing for Black Canary and, and Huntress and, and those? She wrote X-Men Unlimited for a while? Gail Simone? 
X-Men Unlimited? Really? Yeah. You yeah. guys are going to have to talk about the Marvels. I don't, think I don't have anything with, about With Jimmy Palmiotti? Oh, that's probably really good. I should go find <laughs> that. Drawn, drawn <laughs> by Amanda Connor and David Finch? Um, yeah, that, that sounds like something I want to read now. <laughs> that sounds like something <laughs> that exists. Simone created and wrote an episode of Game Taps Revision Tomb Raider entitled Preteen Raider. I don't know what that is, but it sounds funny to me. Uh, then she wrote uh, in 2019, Between Dark and Dawn, an episode of the television series My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. She wrote an episode of My Little yep. Pony. That's funny. Between Dark and Dawn. Oh. That's what she wrote. And that's all I have. Well, and Domino. That's like when we and did the- Domino. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I don't have anything like about Marvel. Thing. That's like when we did the, the very first Creative Focus episode we did. It was Marv Wolfman. And we Mary had in her notes that Marv Wolfman wrote like uh, an episode of DuckTales and I like flipped out. <laughs> like it was like a, like a four-parter so it was like one of those like big Time long. Time to bust out the DVD. I was yes. like what? I know I was like, I'm gonna be like scouring those episodes like the credits for it like Marv Wolfman the guy that like created the Teen Titans <laughs> wrote episodes of DuckTales. The world is great my friends and you'll never stop finding things that amaze you. He also created Taskmaster. And he's one of my favorites. And Deathstroke. Oh yeah. I mean Marvel Wolfman. That was Because the... he wanted Taskmaster in the DCU or in the DC universe, and so he just created Deathstroke <laughs> to be Taskmaster. <laughs> Marv Wolfman's list of characters created by it was almost like it was we, super long. We had to like shorten it because I mean it's just it's ridiculous. I mean I yeah. just grabbed like at least one character of the alphabet. <laughs> Like Starfire, like we're Raven, gonna go through twenty six of these. Cyborg, yeah. Raven, Starfire, Deathstroke. He turned. I, think I just had said like all the Teen Titans. Almost yeah. like he didn't create Dick Grayson, but he made Dick Grayson Nightwing, Black Cat for Marvel. It's it's ridiculous. Like Marvel Woman's career is incredible, but Gail Simone's career has also been incredible. Yes. And yes. so that being said, we're going to move into the second part of the episode, which is the book reports. Um. So usually when we do these, what I'll do is I'll go into Comixology and I will type in the name of the creator who we're talking about. And when you type into the name of a comic creator in Comixology, you get, here's everything they've ever done, and which is really great. It's really helpful for these episodes. And then I, I, I always try to make sure that I do something that I've never read before. So I just kind of scroll through and I try to find something that looks interesting. And with Gail Simone, I had read a lot of her superhero stuff, but I hadn't read anything that she had done outside of the big two. So I was looking at a couple of her indie books and I came across this book called Crosswind that uh, just finished up in 2018, so it's fairly new, from Image. And the the first line in the little synopsis on Comixology before I bought it was, Goodfellas meets Freaky Friday. And I was like, well, there's a pitch. <laughs> <laughs> you have my attention, sir. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I bought the trade. It's a six-issue series. Um, at the end, they say it's going to come back, and I really hope that it does. But this is a... Uh, I mean, the, if they never did any more it would be just fine. Like they did a, a whole good story here. I could, I mean, I just kind of picked this. I'm like, this sounds interesting, but it wasn't like, I was like, Oh, this is going to be amazing. I was like, this looks fun. I was blown away by this book. Um, the basic premise of this book is you, you have this mob guy named case that lives in Chicago and he's like a real bad dude. And he's, you know, in with the, with the bad crowd and he's not afraid to kill people. And he's, you know, kind of, working with the feds and like while also ratting out people. It's just a real, it's a real, you know, Martin Scorsese kind of thing going on over there. And then you have this woman that lives in Seattle that she is, 
and her name um is oh gosh I, I just read the book this morning i can't remember that typical can't remember the woman's yeah. name no, well, they, 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 her last name is blue because they call just they, talked about this yeah, i know <laughs> they, 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 they call her miss blue a lot um anyway she she's a housewife that's very mentally abused very shy very afraid she has a husband that treats her like crap and is cheating on her she kind of knows that he's cheating on her but she never says anything uh, she has a stepson that also treats her like crap. He's a teenage boy that has no respect for her, treats, you know, talks to her like he would never speak to anybody, I would hopefully assume. Um, and, and she's just a real sad person. She gets, she's just one of those people that like people identify, I can walk all over this person, and they do. Um, and she's just really like tormented inside, but never is, has never got the guts to stand up for herself, basically. So you have these two people and then all of a sudden these two people switch bodies. And so now you have to see this tough mob guy inside the body of this woman that's been taken advantage of that is not afraid to say what's on his slash her mind now. And then you have this timid woman that's in the body of this killer guy now. And it, it's it's really, really, it's a cool premise the way it's set up. But as it keeps unfolding, it gets so interesting and I, I, I don't want to get into too much detail because it is fairly new and I really hope people go out and, and buy this book because I, I really enjoyed it. But I what I will say is the thing that blew me away the most is the, the whole kind of body swap concept isn't a brand new idea, right? It's something that we've seen before. And so the whole time you're reading it, you're like, this is fun. I, I see where this road is going. And then Gail Simone does this ending that just it's the complete opposite of what you expected to happen. And it's like, man, like even if it would have went the predictable way, you would have been like, that was a fun ride, you know? But like with the ending, like not only did I enjoy the whole buildup, the way that it ended was like, man, props to you for not taking the easy way out and not just doing the predictable, easy thing. So good. It's drawn by cat stags. It's it. The artwork is very, uh, kind of realism based while also still looking kind of comic booky. It has a really good blend of the two. Uh, I hope everyone goes out and enjoys Crosswind because I enjoyed the crap out of it. It is not for people that either like all ages material or like the more tame family friendly material. There is a lot of cuss words. There is a lot of blood. There's a lot of death. Um, not nudity, but definitely implied and like sexual situations and things like that. It, it's a very rated R book. I will say that. Um, but it's so good, man. And it's, like I say, just the way that you take this concept that's like, I've seen this before. Like every sitcom has an episode where like, oh, two people switch brains for a day or whatever. Like, but it's just done in a different way. And it was really refreshing to me. And like I said, for, for someone like Gail Simone, I've never read anything by her that didn't involve someone in capes. And because I know how much she loves superheroes and she's an ultimate fan and, and she writes those characters so well, but I hadn't read anything like this from her. And so I enjoyed it. I immediately tweeted to her the second I read it. I was like, I cannot, I'm almost ashamed that I didn't know about this book when it was coming out. And she, you know, she responded and was very gracious and told me, thank you. So that's crosswind, everybody go check it out. If you get the chance, um, the trade for what it's worth on Comixology was like five bucks. Um, wow. yeah, I mean, I have the, 
unlimited account, so I get a discount. So it was like four something, whatever. But I think it's like five or six bucks. So definitely check it out. I hope they do more. Couldn't have loved it more than I did. And that that's all I got to say about that. So McCord now is going to tell us about the, the Domino uh, miniseries. It just wrapped up, what, probably within the last year? Uh, well, yeah, uh, Hot Shots just ended like a like this month. Oh, okay, uh, along with all the ago. other X titles, <laughs> all the titles that have mutants in them are ending next week. Thanks, Hickman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Next week is like the finale of the three big ones. So, Uncanny, Age of X Men, and X Force forever. Or, I mean, not forever. But. No, no, but they're all ending. Oh. And then the week in two weeks, Jonathan Hickman's. Uh, House of X comes out. Oh, yep. Okay. They're so, relaunching the whole thing. They're they're uh what they're doing is they're kind of like leveling out the foundation of the X universe because there's so many people who are like super intimidated because there hasn't been any rules in the X. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody came in the other day and was so excited to learn about cable. <laughs> Until I started talking about cable. <laughs> I mean, why would you pick like the hardest one too? Like, well, my favorite was the kid who came in and he's like, I really want to read something about Scarlet Witch. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, uh, good luck, kid. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, but so, okay. So I, I read Domino uh, for this, uh, which was her initial uh, 10 issue run. I read the first arc. Um, but you've read the whole series, right? Uh, no? not yet. Oh, okay. So you haven't finished it? No, I haven't. Okay. I haven't finished. I haven't finished the the series. I'm almost done, but I haven't finished the series, um, and I haven't read Hot Shots yet because I'm a little behind. But, um, but to to kind of touch a little bit more on her Marvel work because it is pertinent to my book. Uh, she actually created in Agent X. She created Agency X, which is one of my like favorite things in the Marvel universe. Um. Which which was uh, a team of mercenaries led by Agent X, who was kind of Deadpool and then wasn't Deadpool, um, but uh, it had like Taskmaster, and she created uh, Outlaw, uh, the the new version of Outlaw, the Inez, whatever her name is Outlaw, the the female Outlaw character, and and she's a big part in the Domino book as well. So uh, so yeah, so shout out to. Agent X and Agency X, because I actually really like that. I really like that story too. Anyway, um, so jumping ahead to Domino, Domino's kind of chilling with her buds, uh, Diamondback and Outlaw, <laughs> which are three women who are not afraid to get their hands dirty, so okay. to speak. Diamondback was a flat out villain for a long time. Um, until she had a, like a fling with Captain America. Interesting. Yeah, and uh, out, and then Outlaw is uh, a mercenary who was actually trying to bring in Deadpool at one time, uh, who's also a mutant. Uh, this version of Outlaw is a mutant with super strength uh, and healing powers, and but she's also just as good with firearms as like Domino is. So these are like wild, the like three wild girls, and they're throwing her a party. Domino's like, oh, I can't let, like, I can't be happy. Like, I just can't bring myself to be happy because when, when I'm happy, things are go bad. Um, and in the corner, <laughs> Cable, 
Colossus and Warpath are all talking to each other, which are all three exes of Domino. <laughs> and they're like, oh, so is that the ex-boyfriend club? And they're all just monsters, right? I mean, they're all like 6'6", 300 pounds of solid muscle. And she's like, so I got a type, <laughs> you know? Um, but but then she, get, uh, she goes into her bedroom to just kind of take a breather and be by herself for a minute. And she actually gets assaulted in her bedroom which is crazy. Um, and she gets thrown out the window and she's, she's waiting for that tingling feeling of, of her powers. So she, she describes it as like, like a rat crawling up her back, but as she's falling, she doesn't feel it for anyone that's not aware. Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I should powers are basically she's lucky. Yeah. If, if anyone hasn't seen Deadpool two by this point, right. Um, you know, yeah, so so Dom yeah, Dom's mutant abilities is luck manipulation and probability manipulation, though she can't it's just something that happens to her. It. Yeah, it's yeah. a very passive ability, which is the point of the things tend to happen to lean in her favor more often than not. Right. But she but she can feel it when it's coming. Mm. Right? But she's not feeling it as she's basically falling to her death and for the first time in a very, very long time since well, her I'm powers. In danger. <laughs> yeah. Since her powers manifested for the first time, she actually feels like real fear. And this mess this messes up Dom super, super bad. Um, her powers kick in right at the last second. Uh, and she ends up falling in a softer place that doesn't end up killing her from yeah. falling off, off a skyscraper. And essentially the whole deal was that there was this dude there with this girl who could take away people's powers. And uh-huh. they basically said, if we can get to you here, we can get to you anytime. Mm-hmm. Essentially like that's the premise. So Dom's like going super crazy about this, right? She's like, well, what if they show up again? Like I won't have my powers to help me. And, so she kind of goes on a soul searching quest, and the, you know I think this is the most that we've actually ever seen into the personal life of Domino. Domino's always been the dark and mysterious one. She shows up um, one time in X Men. She fell on a stack of pancakes that Deadpool had made. <laughs> she's also scared of chickens, which is really funny. Oh, that's um, funny. Yeah, honestly, if I could, if I could have any like mutant power give me hers like like right? it's, it's not the coolest one by any like there's ones that'd be cooler to have but you're talking about like just like usefulness you're like rolling sevens and elevens in vegas all yeah, night maybe like <laughs> things that would just assist you the most in life that would be the most probable to have give me domino's powers all day long all day long <laughs> you're looking for a job and you happen to show up at the one place that's gonna pay you the most amount of money at the one time Imagine that they needed everything that person that Imagine just everything going your way at almost every just scenario. Falls into place. Oh yeah, give me Domino's powers every time. Yeah, but, but imagine growing up with that and getting accustomed to that, and then having that taken have away it, from yeah. you. Like all of a sudden, you can't trust anybody. You mm-hmm. can't trust anything because your whole life you've just been like, yeah, my powers got my back. And you've never had to like look out for yourself because there was this always just thing in the background that kind of took care of you. Yeah. So she goes on this soul searching tour, uh, soul searching tour of herself. She ends up uh, at Shang Chi's dojo. Mm-hmm. I guess you can call it that. Uh, like halfway around the world, and she's gonna go. The master. Of Kung Fu. Yeah, the master of kung fu, the world's greatest <laughs> hand-to-hand combatant. Um, she is going to search. Uh, she's going to see if he can help her 
gain control over her power so that it's not a passive ability so that she can control it in situations where where she you know where she feels like she has some semblance of control over the ability and that's i mean as good as it has been up to that point that's when it gets so good because then you got a real odd couple situation Mm -hmm. right domino's freewheeling she's sarcastic she's a little careless careless she's wild and shang chi is not any of those things domino is basically the opposite of everything that like kung fu preaches or everything that kung fu is built on like kung fu is built on discipline and focus and all of these things domino is none of those things because she's never had to be (laughs) right yeah, it's it, like a real '90s sitcom. Like, she's just a party girl. He's the real like. Yeah, yeah. No, it really is. It's it's definitely the odd couple. And right? now they're gonna have to figure it out <laughs> on ABC Family this summer. Yeah, a- exactly. You know, and she, you know, he tells her to dress in something appropriate, and she asks if she can wear her sexy Iron Fist costume. <laughs> <laughs> he tells her no. She thinks he's a spoil sport. She actually ends up falling for Shang-Chi, which is really, really? funny. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Cause I wouldn't have called to- Yeah, totally not her type, right? That's why I brought up like the ex-boyfriend club earlier, which I'm sure why Gail Simone brought up. I mean, he's he's lean, he's slender, but he's, I mean, he's still super badass. Um, and, and it's really funny. Even as they're fighting, Domino has this inner monologue throughout the series and she's like i'm definitely gonna let him kiss me and then and then they keep fighting you know they keep fighting these bad guys together and then he shang chi does something and he's like okay second base but above the shirt and that's it uh, and, yeah. and then like a few panels later okay under the shirt but no more <laughs> and it just like gets progress it just gets progressively rounding the bases so to speak progressively mm-hmm. in her own head as what she would allow <laughs> Shang Chi to do <laughs> which is super super funny uh it's it's one of the funniest books uh, I've read in a long time Domino's always been a favorite character of mine I I'm a sucker for any of that 90s X-Force lineup Cable Shatterstar Warpath <laughs> uh feral any one of those guys i always get excited about and and again we've never had this kind of focus on domino before who who drew domino do you know because i know j scott campbell did a lot of covers and they were gorgeous uh the the series yeah like who drew the interiors because i know campbell did covers i I, he doesn't really do interiors anymore but Uh, i know a lot of those covers for domino were just beautiful um is it a good looking book though? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, it's so great. Okay. <clears throat> Every everything about everything about the book is great. And uh, eventually they get into this situation where they're completely surrounded by Shang-Chi bad guys. Mm-hmm. Which who knew Shang-Chi had so many bad guys. And Shang-Chi points out to stay away from the man with the fedora and uh Domino points out that that's just good uh, that's just a good general life lesson. Like <laughs> just stay away from the man with the fedora. And and as they're fighting, Shang Chi keeps trying to get Domino to get him a drink uh. <laughs> while they're fighting. Uh. She's like, he's like, I really could use a drink. He's like, I'm a little busy. Like, I really could use a drink. But she's couldn't we? But she's still so in her own head that her powers aren't working. 
right? And so and so there's there's a problem there. And finally he he's like, "Okay, Domino, I need you to go get me a drink." And she, it finally clicks in her head. Oh, I get it. I get what he's trying to mm-hmm. teach me finally. And all she does is she just walks to the counter in the middle of a fight, just walks to the counter, gets him a drink, and comes back. Meanwhile, two guys end up hitting each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, one guy jumps off and misses her and lands on somebody else. And everybody in the entire room basically just beats themselves up trying to hit Domino mm-hmm. while she's focusing on getting him a drink. Is that part that, of her luck? Or, uh-huh. okay. Yeah, that's that's basically like, oh, okay, when I focus this way, I can make things happen now, mm-hmm. um, which takes Domino to a new so level. So it's like her concentration almost more than it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so now, now it's... So she being, can't be concentrated on the fight or else well, no, well, Well, she can, she can, and before it was just all passive, but now she has a semblance of control as to... Um, being able to make things happen. Gotcha. Right? Because her mean, power revolves around probability. So mm-hmm. I guess it's basically just the probability of things going her way increase when she focuses a certain way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like the same control of any other mutant ability at this point now. Instead of being a passive ability, now it's kind of an active ability. Um, and and so that it, it's a new step in the direction for Domino. We've never really gotten... I mean, we've seen all of her military stuff and... You know, there's been little mini series here and there about Dom, and this was only supposed to be three issues mm-hmm. to start. Oh, with. really? Oh, wow. yeah. And they got mm-hmm. ten out of it in an annual. That's not bad. They got ten and an annual and another mini series and possibly more. And it was coming out around the same time Deadpool two was coming out, right? Because I think it was like kind of like, hey, Domino's in the movie. It's a new Domino mini series. Uh, yeah, probably. That sounds about right. Yeah, I um, feel like that's probably well. And then they ended Domino, and then they gave her Domino Hot Shots, mm-hmm. and then which was a little bit more of a serious book. Uh, stakes were a little bit higher on that, but it was the same core. It was still Domino Outlaw Diamondback, that kind of thing. And there's some speculation that she might be getting more Domino after um, House of X, and cool. Power of Ten. She yeah, also just did, she was also doing a Plastic Man miniseries for DC. Yeah through that time which i didn't read so i can't speak on but yeah apparently it, it happened yeah um but yeah so i i'm i'm excited to finish the series i haven't finished it yet and then i'm gonna read hot shots of course um because domino you know because gail simone yeah well yeah well <laughs> and that was the that was the thing the minute i heard hey gail simone's gonna be writing domino i immediately turned and said i want that book oh, yeah like i'm in i'm actually really bummed because we were supposed to have kenny here and I'm I'm bummed that he couldn't make it because Kenny is basically like the founder of the Gail Simone religion, <laughs> like of the church of you know. And yet, and yet, when he asked me today, or was it yesterday? He's like, well, "Which one are you going to do?" I said, "Domino." He said, "Damn it, I was going to do Domino." So I mean, it's I mean, and he Kenny's read pretty much everything Gail Simone's ever written. That, that's so. why he was telling me he wanted to do Domino because that was something he hadn't read yet. And oh, what, he hasn't I, read it. yet? No, I told him I said you better ask McCord because I think McCord was going to do it. I think that's why he asked you because he's uh, like he's like he's like I love her Batgirl, but I've read all of her Batgirl. I want to read something of hers I haven't read. Oh uh, well, I mean it was, but yeah, it's it, it's really good. Uh, if you if you like Deadpool two, and you like Domino. Um, if you just like kick ass girls, uh, that's also don't think you're it. listening to a Gail Simone podcast if you don't like kick ass girls right. at this point. <laughs> um, or if you, I mean, 
or if you just really like well-written, appropriately funny, like it's it's funny at the right times. Mm-hmm. Um, it's serious at the right times. Uh, it's it's dramatic. It goes deep. Hot Shots gets really deep. Uh, then definitely, I definitely recommend reading it. I one of the things that really surprised me about Gail Simone is, I mean, I she's just a fan of comics to it, I guess, pure as as possible. But a couple months ago, right after the Shazam movie came out, she went like nuts on Twitter, which is like this giant long thread that talking about how much that movie meant to her, and she was saying that like that's like her favorite thing in comics ever is Shazam. And I was like, really? Like that actually surprised me quite a bit. And then I was thinking like, I'm surprised that she really hasn't done much with Shazam then because like, it's not like DC would have told her no. I don't know. They tried to tell her no once. It did That's not true. work out well. That's true. It did not work but, out well for um, her. I mean, but. yeah, she was just talking about how much that movie meant to her on a personal level. The Shazam family, characters like Mary Marvel and stuff. She, I guess that was like, she said that, that was, the was part of the show. Oh, yeah. But she said that was like some of the first early stuff that got her into comics, which I thought was really cool. One of the things that's, uh, I don't want to say bothered me because that, that seems harsh, but um, I know C.B. Sobolski, so for anyone that doesn't know, he's the editor-in-chief at Marvel currently. Um, he was talking about Captain Marvel, and he was saying that, you know, ever since Kelly Sue DeConnick came on and did, you know, the run of that character, which is, you know, the version that most people enjoy now, it, you know, without that run, you don't get the movie or anything like that. Um ever since she was finished that, you know, they talked about, they, they find it important and kind of a staple to make sure that they have a prominent, uh, female writer on that book, which they have, right? I mean, Kelly Sue DeConnick finishes, Margaret Stoll comes on, does it for a couple of years. She leaves. And now we have Kelly Thompson writing it. And I really enjoy what Kelly Thompson is doing on Captain Marvel. And so I, by no means want to imply that Kelly Thompson should not be writing Captain Marvel, but when when he says that, like, yeah, you know, it's really important for us, you know, that we have a prominent female character creator on this book. I'm like, man, you guys have like the female creator right there. Why the hell has Gail Simone not gotten to write Captain Marvel yet? That's that's my question. I don't, I don't know if I can say it bothers me, but it's more just like, if only there was like a, <laughs> if only there was like a really strong female creator that would probably have a awesome pitch for Captain Marvel lying around. I don't know. Maybe there is. Maybe there isn't. I don't know. But there's my two cents on that. That's so Domino. You definitely recommend it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely. I mean, and obviously, like I didn't want to give away everything that happens, but mm-hmm. that's just some kind of some of the main points. Did they it. do it in two trades or is it one? Two trades. Two trades. Okay. Yep. And yeah, I was I was actually just going over that that bar scene again because it was amazing okay I was like i need a drink he's like all right <laughs> mary didn't read anything on gail simone this week but is there anything yeah. else that you want to say about gail simone before we move into weekly picks i think she's great and i am gonna check out some stuff i just did not have time okay gail yeah gail simone is a gift like i say what she means to comics as a whole cannot be overstated um she's an excellent writer she's an excellent ambassador for the industry She's one of the just people on the front line on social media constantly trying to get comics the recognition that they deserve. And there's just not enough 
people like Gail Simone, if we were all just a little bit more like Gail Simone, the world would be a better place. And we'll just leave it at that. Um, Mary, weekly picks. Do you have a weekly pick this week? Yeah. Um, so I started reading a webtoon. It's called Sidekicks. Um, and it's about... Uh, those word. phones? Yes. No. Oh. Yeah, but like I did the, have the, one of those. The, the T-Mobile sidekick phones? Yes, <laughs> it is about those. Yes, exactly. I'd read that. I'm in the story <laughs> because I had one. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I did not. <laughs> no, it's about <laughs> we're following a sidekick and it's uh, her journey to become a superhero. So Ooh. in this world, apparently people are born with superpowers. But in order to become a superhero, you first must become a superhero's assistant. And this girl has is be is the assistant of the superhero called Dark Slug and he's okay. awfully terrible to her and takes credit for all the stuff that she does. Well then. Yes. <laughs> McCord, do you have a weekly pick this awesome. week? Yeah. Um so in fact I was able to watch a couple episodes today before I came. Um uh three below season two just dropped today. Very excited about Guillermo that. Del Toro uh-huh. show Tales of Arcadia. Yep. So uh, it's the second installment to the Tales of Arcadia series. There was three seasons of... Oh, the Troll Hunters, right? Uh-huh, yeah, okay. of Troll Hunters, and, uh, which dealt with the trolls that lived below Arcadia. Three Below deals with uh, two uh, royals, two alien royals whose planet is conquered by the general. And they're on the run. And they're on the run... Um, from from the general and they hide out on earth and they happen to end up in arcadia also hmm. so now arcadia has trolls and aliens wow. <laughs> and they still and they still run into the gang from the troll hunters um, dreamworks is producing this uh-huh. show, right? yep okay. Gear, it's guillermo del toro's baby dreamworks is producing it so i mean if you like how to train your dragon and guillermo del toro that's mm-hmm. the mix you get um this is season two in in season one you find out that there's like a traitor in their mist and um and that their location is discovered and so now basically every bounty hunter in the galaxy is coming for him and in season two so man season two just kicks off running yeah. and it's really really very good every time you talk about that show i'm like i really feel like that's something i would enjoy and i just for whatever reason, haven't seen it. And it's like, oh, one of these days I've got to get to that show. I, I would even sit down and watch it with you. I would watch, <laughs> I would watch, we almost, we almost got through season one. Uh, two, I feel like my kids like two it days ago. Like my kids were like, oh, you better watch season one before season two comes out. Buckle down kids. And we just, <laughs> we just binged like six episodes. We must've watched like six or seven episodes. They're only 20 minute episodes. So it's okay. not, it's so not super two, bad. Three hours worth. Um, but, uh, but man, what a, what a good show. They've got trolls underneath and aliens coming from the skies. The next installment's called Wizards. Uh, <laughs> so when three below's over, I thought there was supposed to be three, three and three as far as the seasons go. So three troll hunters, three, three below and three wizards, but wizards is still slated to be this year. Oh, really? Okay. So, so. I don't know when season hmm. three of. Maybe there's only two seasons of Three Below and Wizards hmm. drops later this year. I don't know, but I'm whatever it is. I'm I'm all in. I'm all in for to it. it. Yeah, cool. Um, my pick this week is Avengers issue. Can't remember twenty something. Um, 
this is one of my favorite single issue comic books I have read in quite some time, my friends. Uh, this issue is spinning out of the War of the Realms event that just ended, which I did not read, by the way. Um, not, you know, I'm not trying to say like, I didn't read it because I didn't care. I just, I just, you know, I mean, yeah, I didn't really care. But um, <laughs> <laughs> if you enjoyed it, good for you. Uh, but uh, War of the Realms, and, and you didn't need to read War of the Realms to to read this book it just you just have to know that there was a big thing that happened there was a big battle the avengers won and now it's kind of like a big like <sighs> for a minute and the majority of this issue takes place in like a jacuzzi that the avengers have like the, the avengers base they're living in like a hollowed out dead celestial that's where they're in like the arctic now and that's where they've been through jason aaron's whole run time machine hot tub no, but so so yes. the issue time machine the issue begins. Yeah. It basically, it's just the Avengers like getting to kind of take a load off. So the issue starts with Tony and Thor in this big jacuzzi that they have in the Avengers like no, it's not a mansion. The Avengers, you know, getaway, uh-huh. um, and <laughs> they're just sitting there. They're talking, and you know, Thor's being like, you know, this is a time for celebration. We did it, my friends. We, we've won the War of the Realms and stuff, and Earth is saved once again, and kind of a thing. And, and Tony's kind of like, yeah, you know, it's just another one of those things. And and it, there's a really funny part where Thor tells him, he goes, he goes, Tony, I just want you to know that I value you so much as a friend, and if there was anybody that I had to choose to be on the front lines with me at any given time, he's like, you'd choose Steve. We'd all choose Steve. He's like... That's true. <laughs> and then here, and then like, but like slowly they all just start like, here comes Captain America shortly after. And he's like, okay, well there's still some cleanup to do. And this time and this time. And Tony's like, dude, I got like, I'm activating like 30 drones right now. This is the only way I'm ever fighting crime ever again. He's like, we all deserve a break. And they talk cap into climbing into the hot tub with them. And he's like, well, I would get in. He goes, but I don't. I didn't have any kind of a swimsuit or anything. And both of them turned like neither did we. And they're just sitting there. And he's like, oh. <laughs> and then so the next panel is a naked Captain America with his shield climbing into the hot tub, <laughs> and it's so funny. And then like next thing you know, here comes like Carol, and and Carol and Ro- has been kind of a mentor to Robbie Reyes through the Jason Aaron Avengers run. So they're really kind of buddy buddy, and they're in and. Ghost Rider is like heating up the hot tub and stuff. Like, oh, it's getting a little cold. Don't worry, I got it. And then towards the end it's just funny they're all sitting there talking it's just a real like jason aaron's doing a really good job just playing with their personalities and it's just so dialogue based there's no action going on but it's so good and all of their voices i i feel like i could not if i if i didn't have the pictures and i just had the sentences i could probably pick who is saying what thing Mm -hmm. Because it's written so well, and you know those characters' personalities so well, and then towards the end, you just see like a giant naked She-Hulk, like from the back, obviously. But she just comes out this big giant green body. She's like, "Time for a jacuzzi," and everyone's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> it's, and it's just so funny to see the Avengers like in this atmosphere, where like even Captain America is like, "Well, there's still some cleanup to do," and and this and this, and they even you know can talk him into like, "Hey, dude." Just come sit with us for a little while. And it's so good. And like, what kind of conversations do the adventures have when they're just sitting in a hot tub together? I, I loved this issue so much. It was such a breath of fresh air. I mean, even not reading the event, I imagine if you did read it, it would be kind of just like, oh, this is fun coming out of this big world ending event. Um, 
Yeah, I, I I loved it. I loved it so much. So Avengers, the most recent issue, I, I want to say it's like 26, 27, I don't know, something like that. Uh, really, really good issue written by Jason Aaron, drawn by Jason Masters. It's so good, dude. I it, And it's one of those ones you could just pick up, even if you haven't been reading this series up to this point, you could just read this issue and just get a ton of fun out of it. You know who these characters are. That There is some uh, side stuff going on with... Uh, Agent Coulson is leading the Squadron Supreme right now, and they're kind of like building up. That's going to be the next big threat to the Avengers. So T'Challa is the only one that's not with the rest of the Avengers. He's like going to the Pentagon or whatever to go talk to Coulson and kind of like get to the bottom of all that. But the majority of it is all the Avengers together in the hot tub, just shooting the shit basically. And I loved it so much. So that's my pick. Um, that about does it for us here, guys. Before we go, we are going to pick the name of the next uh, Creator Focus episode. But, uh, you know, go follow Gail Simone on Twitter. Tweet her some love. Read her books. She is a darling. And she puts out so much work. And she's still young, man. I feel like she's going to be doing this forever. You know, like for how much she's already done. Hopefully. Yeah. For our sakes. Because, yeah, I mean, she's only like, what, mid-40s? I mean, she could do this for a lot. I mean, another 20, 30 years, easy. Maybe oh, not 20, yeah. 30, but Again. she could do it for another 15, 20, easy. If we're lucky, that'll happen. Yeah. Um, and let's, yeah, let's hope we can all be so lucky. So Gail Simone, uh, thank you. If by chance you hear this, thank you for all you've done for the industry. I just, I enjoy your work. She was one of the first creator n- names that I knew. I feel like when I first really started paying attention to comic books, she was one of the first names that I'm like, oh, I've seen her name before. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with just her not being afraid to get out in front of things and be like, Hey kids, comics, look at these. These are these things that had, like, she really, like we just said, she's an ambassador for the industry as a whole. And I love that, especially in a world without Stan Lee, we need more people like that. So that's Gil Simone. Um, make sure you guys are following us on social media everywhere, which is Fortress of Comitude, uh, you know, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. Podcast is available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, Audio Boom, that good stuff, Stitcher, because it's no longer iTunes. I'm not I'm I'm trying so hard to make sure that I don't say iTunes anymore. It is now Apple Podcasts, my friends. And it's been Apple Podcasts for months, but it's still just like that, like routine. Uh, don't worry about it. The uh Triborough Bridge in New York is really the John F. Kennedy Bridge. No one calls it that. It's yeah. been like that way for like thirty years. It's still the Triborough. Bridge. I still know <laughs> this is a this is a reference only Utah people will get, but I still know people that say the Delta Center all the time. Oh, all yeah. the time. And it hasn't been the Delta Center since like two thousand seven. So like twelve, thirteen years ago. And no, it's the Queensboro Bridge. I so think that's the John F. Kennedy. Oh. So yeah. Mary, I believe it Off is my game today. I believe it is your turn to pick from the the bucket o comic book Yay. creator names. I thought, I thought Kylie picked last. No, I picked Gail Simone because I got really excited when I saw her name. Oh, okay. So it is now Mary's turn to pick the name of the next creator that we will be talking about in about a month from now. Talking about his or her. Is Gail Simone the first female creator we've yes. done? Yes. Oh, how did we not like open with that? I was right the first time. The Triborough Bridge is the yeah. Robert Kennedy Bridge. I don't know who this is. Matt Fraction. 
You don't know who you don't Matt know who Fraction, Fraction is? <laughs> Good lord. Who's Matt Fraction? Oh my god. What has he written that I've read? We quit. Corvilla. You don't know who <laughs> or, Matt Fraction is? Or, or I don't know if he's I can be on this podcast anymore. Oh, he's good friends with Brad Pitt and Winona Ryder and all those other people you don't know. <laughs> Tom Cruise. <laughs> this doesn't help Tom me. <laughs> Matt Fraction um, is not only a, a wonderful Jeez. comic book writer, he's also married to Kelly Sue DeConnick, which is really kind of cool. She got him into the business, from what I understand. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, he writes Sex Criminals. He wrote the best Hawkeye run of all time. He wrote, oh. he wrote a really awesome uh, FF run. I mean, Matt Fraction, God, he's done. Dude, his X-Men stuff, some of my oh. favorite. Oh. He's been around for a long time. His Thor stuff, too. Any more opportunity to talk about sex criminals on this podcast <laughs> will be taken, my friends, when we talk about Matt Fraction in a month from now. So uh, that is that. That is really sad, actually, because we were we we did sex did, criminals did sex on Compa Club. Yeah. yeah. My problem is yeah. going to be oh, well. choosing what to read. I won't do sex criminals. I'll, I'll do something I haven't read. But uh, I'll do sex. Like um, immediately, my thought is Hawkeye, <laughs> and I'm like, well, I've read Hawkeye like four times <laughs> my, my, my first one is is his ff because I, I i enjoy his ff was right before hickman's that's really good but i don't know if i read i don't know if i read his ff oh really his x-men stuff like all the utopia stuff was awesome. didn't he do ant-man too for a while fraction didn't he do an ant-man thing i don't think so no okay i don't know why i was thinking that uh who the hell fraction's Jason done a Aaron. lot of stuff yeah jason aaron's done everything that's a, it's just safe to say, like, I don't know, Bendis. <laughs> <laughs> just throw out a yeah. yeah, but Fraction's one of those, oh, too. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, in, in a, in a more, in a more recent term. but Dude, I think Fraction wrote... <laughs> I, I think Fraction wrote the, the... I know he wrote Iron Man, but I think... Uh, to comicsology we go, yeah. my friends. You don't uh, want to end the podcast? Nope. Oh. <laughs> Going okay. to series here. Uh, let's see, I, Uncanny I know, X-Men. I know he wrote Iron Man, but... Uh, I'm, I'm, oh, yeah, he wrote Thor for a while. Oh, he wrote Dark Avengers? Was that Fraction too? I mean, this is all going to be in the history, or most of it. I, I don't know. You <laughs> didn't have Agency X or Domino I, in, to, in today's, and those I, are two of like, my favorite things. I think so Matt maybe Fraction, I, if you can't tell, is someone that excites us quite a bit, so I hope it excites you, too, and let us know. Created I mean, it excites you, too. I had no uh, idea who he was. Yeah. He might have created um, the rescue. Maybe we'll, tr- maybe we'll try something different. <laughs> it's mostly Marvel, that's maybe why. Maybe we'll try something different. If <laughs> any of you guys out there have suggestions for the, the books we should talk about from Matt Fraction, please tweet that to us at FOC underscore podcast, and I'd like to see if we get any responses i will read whatever you tweet at me fraction and salvador la roca he will on iron man that was the best well time flies almost as fast as superman time does fly almost as fast as superman and this podcast is about over uh like i mentioned already we already did all the social media plugs and all that we will be back here in a month from now to talk about matt fraction but we will also be here next week to find out if the amazing spider-man 2 is really that bad which spoilers? It probably is. It um, is. So it is bad. not. <laughs> um, oh, okay. It's well, so we got We got Kylie has never seen it, so I am excited. Hopefully, you know, Sorcerer Supreme can rescue his soul. I like that movie. <laughs> so we can have Kylie back by next week. But 
yeah, Kylie has never seen The Amazing Spider-Man 2. He, he might quit after he watches <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man 2. He's watched worse. He's like, we've I'm, made him watch like, worse. I am not going to do this movie. again. There's bad movies, but we've watched worse movies. Five Nightmares. Yes, Fractions Run was the Five Nightmares <sighs> of Iron Man, and it was so good. <laughs> um, be sure you guys check out our... Uh, we're going to have two podcasts coming out this week. We did an interview this week with David Boer and Drew Zucker to talk about their IDW series Canto, Canto. which kind of came out and blew up the the comic book world in the last uh, that first issue. Yeah, it was crazy. Oh, I mean, that first issue was like gone. I mean, they've already announced a third printing before the second issue has even come out. It's, it's insane. I'm afraid um, to even open mine right now. <laughs> it's so good, though. I just want to keep it in That's one perfect condition. perfect to sit down and read with your kids. It's a perfect all-ages fairy tale kind of book yeah day one man just flew off oh the yeah shelf. and it was really awesome to talk to both of those guys that they're very passionate about it so make sure and you guys DC check that out question and in dc and announced a new question series from jeff lemire which will be really cool so um so be sure you guys check out the canto interview because that was a lot of fun it'll be up around the same time this one is we'll see you guys next week with the amazing spider-man 2 and until next time my name is tyler i'm mary i'm mccord and so long friends <laughs> <laughs>